0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Survival Show Podcast. I'm producer Ben. And before we get into today's Manly Music segment, let me just remind you to hit that subscribe button. That way, you'd never miss any of our segments or shows. As you listen today, I hope this segment gives you some great food for thought to chew on for your day ahead. All right, let's get into it. Here's the man, the myth, the legend, Master Craig.
1: Hey everybody, before we get started, I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, Sportsman's Guide. Check out a link in the description below. This is Craig Cottle, Director of Nature Reliant School and co-host of the Survival Show Podcast. Coming at you today for another episode of Manly Musings. Big shout out to David and Ben. They are the ones, and I, I haven't said this in, enough, but we have a we have a good team going. Uh, I write a considerable amount of the content and David and Ben are the ones that make this show really pretty when you see the thumbnails and the descriptions and the names. And if you're not aware, that's probably as important as content because there's uh, you've got to make it such that it's a show that people want to listen to. So, if these headlines are grabbing your interest, then that's because those guys are doing their job and they're doing it really well. So, thanks for all that and. All the editing, I don't say that enough either, so Ben's in the background, he'll edit everything, so that's really important. But what I wanted to talk about today is mindfulness for survival, and as a way of digging into it and make sure I'm in the right mindset for what I want to talk about today, I am in the beautiful Red River Gorge here in Kentucky, and my wife and I have been out, we've got the dog out to run a little bit. So if you hear a little wind in the background, if you hear a few little footsteps in the background, that's because we are actually in the outdoors instead of sitting at a desk, which is, this is my favorite place to be, somewhere outside. But the reason I wanted to talk about this is that in today's world, mindfulness, or the idea of mindfulness at least, often invokes some sort of, you know, pseudo-religious type of touchy-feely approach to life. And there's actually pretty good reason for that. You know, nearly every religion in the world has some sort of mindful or meditation oriented practice at its root. But I guess the question can be asked is does that have anything to do with survival? And the answer from my perspective is yes, a lot. There's a whole lot about mindfulness in particular that has to do with survival. So let me explain a little bit. To me, mindfulness is just a simple word that we use to be more aware of our surroundings. Just good situational awareness. And although it is often associated with meditation as such, and it's good for that, don't get me wrong, it does not have to be only associated with it. So here are a few examples of mindfulness and practice as I see it for our purposes here on the Survival Show podcast. So if you're more mindful, you'll be able to hear you'll be able to not just hear what's going on around you, but you'll pay more attention to it. You know, this could serve you well to listen to environmental conditions and what they're telling you. A, a Case in point, if the wind is picking up and you hear it and you notice that, that's something that you should pay attention to, and that's just good mindfulness. You're paying attention to the weather. You could also listen to someone in your group uh, about what they're offering in a survival situation. One of the things that I have done in my life is I have served as a challenge course facilitator and you may have seen that in my bio if you've ever looked at my bio or heard me talk about it. But if you don't know what that is, that's basically where you have these small, what are called elements, which are small pieces of equipment. Uh, Sometimes it's just a board, sometimes it's a pallet, sometimes it might be a bucket, sometimes it might be a bandana, and you utilize these elements to help. Train people in team building, communication building, and and strategic planning, and any number of things. And so I served as a challenge course facilitator, both high and low course. High course is where you get uh, you get roped in and you go across challenging um, obstacles and stuff of that nature, and that's that's pretty intense. And I love doing that. But one of the things that we did that work for is again to develop teams and. I trained a number of people ranging from special forces to, you know, National Guard elements, sororities, homemakers, um, uh, sports teams and churches and any number of things. And one of the things that comes out in communication, and this is why I talk about mindfulness, is that oftentimes there's somebody that doesn't know how to take charge that is sitting back looking at the situation and analyzing it, but they just don't like to speak up. And so what we were tasked to do and what we would accomplish is to let everybody know, hey, so-and-so over there is the one who came up with the solution to the problem, and you all never heard it. And that's because the people in the group are not mindful. They're always about their own thoughts. They're not actually taking in information from the outside. And when you're like that, it's hard to make good decisions because you're not getting all the proper information. So that's just one way to be more mindful. You can listen to people and get more information. You be a good you, you hear things, you don't just listen and you don't obviously ignore you, but you just get good information and you utilize it. The second way that we can use mindfulness is to simply slow down and be mindful and make better decisions. The way you do this is that when you take time to sit down and you're listening to what's going on around you, it's scientifically proven. That you'll have better circulation, your blood will be more oxygenated, you'll have more clear thinking, and you'll be less stressed. This plays out extremely well as both a preemptive measure, as before a survival situation, as well as leftovers will be used during a crisis event. So think about it. If you started practicing some time where you would get out in a natural setting, much like I am today, And just sit and listen to the birds and look at the trees and hang out with your dog and, you know, have casual conversation with the people that you love and care about. Then basically you're going to be taking in that sort of ability for your body to adapt in that sort of environment. And when and if you're ever thrust into that environment for a survival situation, then your body is more comfortable doing that. Even if you don't, you don't, I mean, there's good times to stress yourself out in training and all that good stuff. And I'm just saying there's also good times to just relax and learn how to be mindful and pay attention to what's going on around you. The third way that I want to share is much like everything else, the current conventional wisdom in survival is that we're going to rise to the occasion, I guess. You know, Colonel Jeff Cooper said it like this. You're not going to rise to the occasion. You're going to default to your level of training. Okay. So, if we could take time to practice mindfulness now, we'll be able to use that again in a later event. So, think about it this practice of mindfulness, where you're just literally being more situationally aware, listening, observing, seeing, is a great thing to have as a skill set once you need it in a survival situation. I was on Facebook earlier today and there was a photographer that had posted a photo in one of the groups that I'm uh, a big fan of, and it has nothing to do with survival at all. It's actually a rough grouse, um, rough grouse society. I'm a member of the rough grouse society. Uh, it's a Facebook page for people that enjoy rough grouse. And so he had this beautiful picture of this grouse and the photographer came back on there after he had posted the photo and said, is it a male or female? What kind of tree is it standing on? And what's that bush that's got the leaves on it? And people were remarking, uh, you know, obviously someone but noticed it was a female, but they hadn't noticed the tree. They hadn't noticed the bush right next to it. And it was, I was happy with myself, actually very happy with myself that it's a couple of the first things I noticed because the grouse was sitting right next to a raspberry bush before it had bloomed and before any raspberries were on it. So I was really pleased that I'd recognize that and more incredibly pleased to have a like-minded individual that not only saw the central focus of the photograph, but also took in the surroundings of it. And so take time to do that the next time you're out, and you'll be able to see a lot more. That's for certain. So the big question is, how do we actually engage in mindfulness for survival? So the easy answer is to just go out and get super lazy with it at first, <laughs> meaning you just go out and sit around. You don't do anything. Just sit down and do nothing and see what you can see. If you think that survival might play out in the wilderness for you, then go out and sit in the wilderness. If you think it is only going to occur for you in a large city, then go down and sit inside of a, a large, busy uh, thoroughfare where there's tables and chairs and sit and watch how people react and and how they walk and how they communicate and how they interact with one another. The goal is for you to just get into a place where you think you might have to enact survival and just be so that you can take in as much information as you can possibly can. Now think about it. In a survival event, it's not going to be exactly the same, but at least. If you're taking the time to get in an environment and become more familiar with it, then again, that familiarity will be a valuable asset to you in a survival situation. So, to be more specific, let's lay this out in a few steps here. Find a place that is comfortable, and that's important. Find a place that's comfortable, and as I sit here... um, recording this my wife is doing exactly what I recommend here in a few minutes in the podcast she is laid out in the middle of this Red River Gorge area and is just looking straight up I mean that's she's she's literally practicing mindfulness and she might be taking a nap I'm not sure but what she's doing is just paying attention what's going on around her just relaxing, letting the dog do her thing and is enjoying having a good time so there's been a lot of lessons that I've learned by being as lazy as I possibly can in a wilderness area. Things like laying down and looking up and seeing how bird behavior reacts when you're in an area because you're looking straight up into the canopy of the trees and they birds act a an interesting way up in the trees if you take the time to observe them. It's it's really good time. It's it's well time well spent. So uh, that's pretty simple. Just Continue to do that, and as your practice grows, you're probably going to find that it might be okay for you, and I and I recommend this, for you to start to stress yourself out. And what I mean by that is at some point in time, get to a point where you don't sit comfortably. You sit in an uncomfortable position and learn how to get uncomfortable with that. And then um, go out and do it in the rain where the weather sucks and get comfortable with that. And then go out and do it in the snow where it's uncomfortable. And then get comfortable with that. Just continue to, to build upon it until you can still keep that mindfulness. But at the same time, you're starting to get more and more uncomfortable. And that's how you can take yourself to extremes. So a lot of times what happens is you, you'll have to deal with mentally. You will very mentally have to deal with pain. And when I say this, some people scoff at me, but I've experienced this numerous, numerous times, but there can be a fair amount of pain just sitting in one certain position for an extended period of time. Like for example, can you go to a spot and sit there and not move a muscle for an hour, two or three or four or twelve? And so that's worth your while to learn how to deal with that pain because you if you sit there for very long, your muscles will get in a position where You know, they get dependent upon your age. Different things are going to happen. I'll just put it that way. And it's not going to feel good. But once you learn how to overcome that pain, then you can then again have the mental capacity that we've talked about in previous podcasts on how to how your mind works to handle pain. And once you learn how to handle pain there, you can transfer how you do that to other options. Now, the amount of time that you're going to spend doing this will vary. You know as a recommendation, I tell everybody if you're going to do this, start with 15 minutes. You know, 15 minutes in a day, as many days of the week as you possibly can. And once you've got comfortable doing that, and that's just super easy for you to do, then you can add in more days or you can add in more time. It's totally up to you. The goal is for you to get out there and spend uh, more time. In whatever environment, again, if it's an urban environment, then get to that urban environment. If it's a wilderness environment, get into that wilderness environment. Just find the time to do it. If you had to get up 15 minutes earlier and do it in the mornings, then get up 15 minutes earlier and do it in the mornings. Just find time to do that. Now, again, I alluded to this briefly earlier, but I, you know, I have found that this has exponentially assisted me in the contemplative side of my faith in particular. And when I started studying this and researching this, I found heaping amounts of history to prove that it was a large part of, you know, the early church for for my faith. I am not saying you have to have the same faith as I do to practice this. So, I just know that a lot of Christians are opposed to the idea of mindfulness and meditation, and then there is a lot of history there to support that it was an important part of the early church. So, whether you are in a religion or whether you are not in a religion. Then dig into this and see what you can learn from it. Uh, Learn from your mindfulness and see what you can get out of it. Um. So, take the time to get out and do some mindfulness. Now, a lot of term, a lot of times, when I'm talking about these kind of topics, I call them SPL, which is basically an abbreviation for sunshine, peace, and love. You know, I mean, it's just ah the touchy feely sort of thing, and we don't want to get into those. SPL type things because they're not they're not hard skills and stuff of that nature. Um nothing could be further from the truth. This podcast is actually just the opposite of that. You know, I, I have literally led special forces. I've led night stalker pilots, you know, from the hundred sixtieth. I've led law enforcement officers on the federal and state level in mindfulness training. Not because, hey, I told them that they should do it, but because their command structure brought them to me and said they wanted them to do it. Because scientifically, it's been proven to be a very valuable asset to people who have incredibly stressful jobs and how they can overcome some of that stress by being more mindful. So, yeah, I mean, we used to do some mindfulness training before we'd go to tournaments when I was training others in martial arts full time you know getting people prepared for competition how to not get rattled when you get into the competition and all that sort of thing and and I've also led children with ADHD and similar issues of that and this type of training to help them in controlling themselves and being mindful enough that they can not let their minds dictate them but they they can control their own mind and so it has incredibly valuable uh training very valuable practice for you to utilize uh, no matter what where you find yourself and that way you can apply these same lessons to survival so what's the last lesson what's the last thing we need to know find time to engage in this practice now so that you have it when you need it and you know what's always true right keep it simple be positive and stay sharp There you have it, folks.
0: That wraps up today's Manly Musing segment. Let us know what you think. And don't forget... You can engage with us anytime over on Patreon. Let us know how we're doing. You can give us some suggestions for our future podcasts, and you can submit questions to be answered on our full-length show. For all of us here at The Survival Show, thank you so much for your support and encouragement. Till next time, I'm producer Ben, and remember, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.